0: I'm Amy Pruitt. I'm Lisa Dumas. I teach Ayurveda and yoga. I teach yoga. I'm a yoga therapist in training and I offer transformational coaching, but
1: that's just part of the story. We're moms, daughters, wives, and friends. We're always learning and we've both experienced healing by what we teach. And the
0: intention of this podcast is to offer you our favorite tools from the traditions and sciences that support us as we navigate the realities and stressors of modern life.
1: Each week, we'll share stories, answer your questions, and talk to others who inspire us.
0: Welcome to the Radiant Warrior Podcast.
1: Yoga and Ayurveda to reclaim a courageous heart. It's finally spring where you are too? Oh my goodness. Today feels like absolutely day one.
0: Mm -hmm. The last couple of days have been gorgeous here in Vancouver. Uh, Today, almost like summer, just uh, t-shirt weather for sure.
1: Oh, it's not that here. It's still like in the 40s or 50s. I would say maybe 50s Fahrenheit.
0: Yes. Um. <laughs> we're we're <laughs> even different than that. As I'm in Vancouver, Canada, and you're in Ohio, I'm going yeah. Celsius. So if I told you today it was 20 degrees, you'd be like, that's not warm. But that's not warm. No, but the sun. Celsius, it's like 70. <laughs>
1: Oh well, yeah, no. The sun was shining and the sky was blue. It's the first time I feel like the sky's been blue here in about six months. And I mean, two days ago we had snow, so so today felt really nice. And it's you know, the days are getting longer, and oh, it just feels so good. Well, it's
0: apropos then that today we're going to be uh, talking about intentional ways that we can bring in spring because we're recording this right at spring equinox, the time when Light and dark is in balance, and you know, Ayurveda and yoga have a lot to say about the shifting of the seasons and how moving in time with that can help us to continue uh, on our journey of personal development. So, all things spring today,
1: all things spring. I'm so excited. Oh,
0: is this a favorite season of yours?
1: It's definitely up there. Spring and fall are my two favorite seasons. Summer's okay. And winter is not my favorite at all. I don't know why I live in Ohio, but I I say this every winter and I still continue to live here and I'm not really sure why.
0: Yeah, I'm getting more sensitive to the cold the older that I get. Mm-hmm. What is spring to you?
1: I just remember, it seems to have always brought about a sense of excitement for me or anticipation. It brings joy to me because I really do appreciate the sunlight. Um, I have a really hard time in the winter when it's dark when you leave the house and it's dark when you get home. And so having the sunshine just really warms my heart. And um, there's just a real shedding for me that occurs. Renewal, um, anticipation of new things, growth, all that seems to occur in the spring. I've never been one to set like New Year's resolutions or make any big changes at the new year. But in spring, I get really inspired to try new things and to grow or learn. So spring is my transformation time.
0: It feels like we all come out of hibernation. Vancouver through the winter, it doesn't snow very often, but it's pretty cloudy and it rains, which is why we have such a green city and is Mm. why we have such a beautiful spring But for me, spring is really about some Vancouver memories because this is where I grew up. And for a lot of my adult life, we lived in San Diego, which still has seasons, but they're very subtle. But now living back in an area that has very definite seasons it brings on these childhood memories of excitement of seeing the new buds and the the tulips and the daffodils and the crocuses sprouting, and that's happening right now. And my birthday's in March; it was just my birthday, so it has that level of renewal as well. I agree with you. Uh, spring and my birthday feel a lot more like a new year than January first, mm-hmm. so I also feel that level of renewal. But there's a lot of reasons from an Ayurvedic perspective, that even though our outer world around us is in rejuvenation, that some of us aren't really feeling that way in our bodies.
1: We could definitely still be in the Ayurvedic season of kapha. Um, So some people might still be feeling that heavy, damp, cold, lethargic feeling right now, but don't fear Mm-hmm. That, will, that will change with the right routines and implementing new things. So this is definitely the time to switch things up a little bit.
0: I'm noticing a lot of coughing in yoga classes still. So we're mm-hmm. still dealing with that chest congestion, the home of kappa. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would also suggest that when it comes to your movement in springtime, this is a nice time to think about shedding. This is a nice time to think about coming out of hibernation and thinking about stretching open across the chest and taking deep breaths so you feel your rib cage expand. You're creating space there. And also literally shaking off the winter. This is something that is really simple that I recommend when we're feeling heavy and that inertia setting in is in the morning. It feels a little silly. But just take a couple of minutes and shake that whole body off and it's definitely revitalizing.
1: Mm -hmm, And decorating.
0: What I like about the equinox is it is a time for contemplation. It can be a time that you set aside to get inspired and honor what's going on in our outer world, honor these transition seasons and the transitions that we're making And so we thought about a couple of questions that we would answer here that might inspire our listeners to also take some time to reflect. We are all about an examined life here. We're all about conscious evolution. So further than some practices that might help us feel that level of renewal that's going on around us, we have a couple of questions that we've been thinking about that we thought we'd share. Um, The first is... And I'll ask you, Amy, what seeds did you plant in the fall or in the past year that are feeling like they're growing and sprouting for you now?
1: Um, I think in the fall, I really tried to honor that season um, as I become more immersed in an ayurvedic lifestyle i have started to really honor the seasons and what they bring to me and in the past i've tried to push through the winter push through the darkness push through all of all of that season and kept my routine the same and kept my activities the same and the foods i ate and the amount of sleep i was getting and my work schedule this past fall i could really feel it catching up to me, I was doing too much. So in the fall, moving in, you know, the fall is Vata season, that air and ether and blowing and swirling and dry and light season. I tried to really honor that with restoration and rest and contemplation and hibernation, like you said, not beating myself up about that, really honoring my energy level. And when I was tired You know, trying to rest as much as possible. And that doesn't mean I just had this leisurely schedule. I still had things I had to attend to, but I tried to really prioritize rest and sleep and my energy so that I wasn't coming to a state of burnout. I feel that reserve now. You know, Mm -hmm. I feel like I have built up this energy reserve by resting and hibernating through the winter that now as we're moving into spring, I feel really energized. Mm -hmm. I don't feel the effects of kappa like I normally do. Like spring in the past, I could feel that heaviness still. As much as spring excites me, I could still feel that heaviness or that inertia in the past that I don't feel this year quite so much. And I think that's because I was really going with the flow of the seasons And really felt like I had gone into hibernation mode for quite a while. And I feel like I refilled my tank. So planting those seeds in the fall of really honoring the fall, I feel like has set me up to be in a better place now in the spring.
0: It's so validating when these practices that we've dedicated our life to really end up working the way that they say that they will. I know. And intentions are so powerful. When we look back and we think about the plans that we've made or the intentions that we set... Oftentimes, we will find that we've made movements in those areas because where we place our attention that 's where energy grows.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I planted a couple of seeds as well that was when I decided that I wanted to uh, jump into a yoga therapy course, so that has been going on through fall, through winter, and now in the spring and those seeds of wanting some new learning are definitely growing and those learnings are affecting my teaching and affecting my life and my relationships and the work I do with my clients and, and really just every aspect of my life, these these new understandings from a yoga therapy perspective. And then in my personal life, I did very intentionally plant some seeds around my marriage where are heading into our 20 year anniversary, that would be 21 years together. And it hasn't always been, <laughs> hasn't always been like daffodils and tulips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but there's been a, we put a lot of work into it and compassion and understanding and using our relationship as an opportunity to notice what needs to be healed within us, not that we ever will be completely healed, but we know that whatever might upset us about the other, um, you know, we know now to ask ourselves, okay, what does this remind me of and and where is this wounding in me and how can I tend to that? So we've definitely been intentional about our relationship and we see it as a place of personal healing. And we see it in a very conscious way. But within my heart, even apart from him, I made an intention to create more intimacy there and just make sure that we have more time for true, authentic, close conversations rather than what we can find ourselves in, which is the business of everyday life. You know, we're, we both have a lot going on we're both entrepreneurs. He's got several things going on, as do I. We're raising a 16-year-old, and we're both really involved in that. And we have a new puppy. I don't know what we're thinking. <laughs> so there's, there's a lot of the business of life that we tend to talk about, especially during the early days of the week when we feel busiest. It's like we're touching into one another just for a moment or two. And and, and Hey, have you done this? And I did this and has the dog pooped, you know, this. <laughs> so I, I really set an intention to make time for the more romantic side of our relationship and the more intimate side of our relationship. And I can see how that is paying off and I can see the ease and the closeness and the contentment and the trust and the real happiness that we're sharing at this time. And, you know, I have no, Illusions that any state that we find ourselves emotionally or in any relationship is is permanent. Everything's impermanent. But in the moment, I'm going to soak it up and Mm -hmm. I'm going to celebrate that and enjoy that.
1: I like how you put it earlier that, you know, that we are living an examined life. And I think in marriage, that can get lost. Even when we think we're living an examined life, Like you said, we get lost in the business of the day-to-day and coming up on 20 years and to still have that desire to want to connect and want to be your best um, selves individually and as a couple is really something to cherish. And I think a lot of people could take that advice. I see people around me who have been married for a while and they're really lost in the day-to-day. So I really appreciate you sharing that.
0: It's so easy to be. It's not easy to take the time when you're so exhausted at the end of the day and you just really want to put on Shameless on Netflix and watch five Mm -hmm. episodes of it. Not to say that we don't do that as well, but I do try to, before we turn it on, like turn and face him and and feel that connection. That's my, if you go for the five love languages, my love language is that one-on-one time of real connection. So I know that I need that and I also know that I can't count on somebody else to provide that for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can I can seek that out and I can request that and I can create that for myself. You said something that's really important to think about when we think about intentions and planting seeds. I think when we're doing this work or interested in this work, we can always feel like we have more to heal and more to understand and That may always be true, but it's really nice to look back at how far we've come and to also understand that we are all just doing exactly the best that we can in the moment and to cultivate a little bit more contentment at where we are. Intentions are great. Wanting shifts here and there, more balance here and there. That's what yoga and Ayurveda is all about. But You know, we also don't want to live in a way where we're searching for what is wrong. It's so nice to take some time and enjoy and celebrate what is good. And that feels like a nice springtime intention actually as well. So our next inquiry that we've been contemplating, what is being renewed for you, Amy?
1: It feels to me like what is being renewed is my commitment and devotion to myself. And that might sound weird or self-centered or self-absorbed, but like we said in marriage how we can get lost in the day to day, I feel like over the years I kind of lost maybe my connection to my dreams or my desires or my inspiration and I feel that returning. I feel this renewed sense of excitement of what do I want for the rest of my life and what just for me. You know, like what do I want to do with the rest of my life and whether that's my work or how I spend my time or what do I do for fun? And that does include of course my husband and my children and my grandchildren, but I feel really excited about my future not knowing maybe what that looks like but but having a real firm commitment to seeking that out and following my dreams which may seem a little esoteric but it, it's a new it's a renewed passion and excitement in me that i haven't felt in a long long time
0: i love to hear that and i also <laughs> think that what else can we really control except for what's right for us and if we're doing what's right for us based on love rather than fear. I do think that that will be good for those around us as well, that that Mm -hmm. will have a ripple effect.
1: Yeah. And I, I can look back, you know, when my children were young and, you know, I was just starting out and building a home and creating a, you know, a haven for them and being in a good school district and, you know, all those things that I was doing was very much directed to the people around me and setting my life up in that way, which is very typical. But at this stage in my life, my children are grown. So now I can kind of return to what do I want? And following that and identifying that and, you know, not losing sight of it or. Disregarding it, um, but actually following it.
0: And what have you come up with?
1: Oh, there's so many things I want to do.
0: <laughs> I know I need um, many more lives.
1: I know. I keep thinking that. Like, I, you know, I feel, I don't feel my age. Um, and I, I really credit yoga and Ayurveda for that. I don't have any problem with my age. But I also feel very, a lot younger. So, That gives me a sense of hope that there's time to do the things that I want to do because I do feel, you know, young in my heart and young in my body. And I really want to pursue yoga and Ayurveda on a much deeper level, whether that means going on a spiritual journey or a sabbatical to dive deep into studying. Late night, I will be on the computer looking at ashrams and, you know, how do you live in an ashram and Mm. how? you know how long could you stay in an ashram and and also bringing all the good things that yoga and ayurveda has brought into my life into my community into those who need it and does that mean that i open a studio you know that is something that's really in the forefront of my mind that i would like to do i would like to open a a place, you know, devoted to yoga and Ayurveda and wellness. And I'll drive around and look at spaces and dream and write business plans. And, and those are things that are really exciting to me. So we'll see.
0: I love this. Springtime is a good time to make intentions like that. It sounds very exciting. Mm-hmm. And I trust with part of your pitta nature that you'll make anything happen that you can when I think about what's being renewed, I too thought about this. And for me, it's my thinking, that is what I'm renewing. And that is what I want to continue to renew. The more I learn about the way of the mind, and the more I learn that so many of our reactions and our actions are based on just patterns that we don't even realize are there. And so often through the day, especially when we're not questioning our mind, we're having thoughts that we've had before. And we're having thoughts that give us opinions and filters and preferences that we might not even really choose anymore, that they may not line up with the lives that we do want to live and that we do want to create. And I'm getting very interested in paying even more attention to my mind. As I've shared before, all of this information came to me when I first found yoga just a little bit over 10 years ago. And so now at this decade mark of doing this work, I'm very interested in how many new thoughts I can create. Having a 16, almost 17-year-old daughter, I, I have to say, has really been teaching me a lot about my mind and a lot about the unconscious shoulds that I carry because I hear these unsatisfied thoughts in my mind that come unbidden that tell me, you know, how she should be and how she should be treating her room and her things and feeding herself and studying and Mm da-da-da-da-da. And this causes me a lot of worry that I would prefer not to think. And this makes me feel... a. This brings on feelings of control, which are very constricting and uncomfortable in my body. And I know that every single human being is all things. That is a side of me that I would love to balance out a little bit more. And I noticed that side of me once I became a mother. So I've got the awareness of it, but that doesn't mean that those thoughts don't come. So it's been interesting for me to be questioning those lately okay, the the thoughts that I'm having around how she should treat her room or how she should be with her phone, I know that I can, I I know that I have no control over her. She's another human being and I, I cannot control her. And so all I can do is change the way that I'm thinking so that I'm not suffering, so that I'm not worrying. And I can even think, well, you know, I should just worry about the way I treat my things and I should worry about my own relationship with my phone. <laughs> and, and that brings it back to me, which just like you said, it, when you were sharing about what is renewing for you, that's, that's all we have a say over is our own side of the street and it starts with what we think. So these days, I'm all about noticing how many new thoughts I can think. Because I too am, am creating and have a lot of visions for where I'll be in the second part of life as Grace heads off to university and, and Cliff and I embark on whatever life looks like then. And we do have some shared visions and I do have a lot of goals for those times when I have more time and, and more emotional space freed up to be creative and to be inspired. And that new life is going to take new thinking. So I'm, I'm all about renewing my thoughts right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Opportunities all day long.
0: And that also brings me back to the idea of balance. And spring isn't just about renewal and coming out of hibernation, but because it was just the spring equinox this past Wednesday, this is also a time to consider balance. This is also an area where we can be hard on ourselves because it is a challenge to feel that anything is in balance in this modern world and with all of the distractions that we have and with how busy we all are. So let's talk a little bit about where we are uh, looking for balance in our own lives. Amy, how about you?
1: Well, balance for me is ever elusive. You know, it's something that I'm always striving for and always feel like I could be improving upon balance, especially in my schedule. I overschedule and I overdo and I overcommit and being very conscious of not doing that or attempting to not do that is a constant struggle for me. I continue to seek balance in that area. I'm very compassionate with myself that, that this will probably be my lifelong work. Like you had mentioned, you know, I have a very Pitta brain and I want to accomplish and do and achieve and seek and grow and build. And the flip side of that is I can burn out. And so that is a constant source of seeking balance in that area for me. And I still feel that now. I'm still looking for that balance there, but I'm getting better at it.
0: This makes me think of this entire concept that is very interesting and a little esoteric that comes from the yoga tradition, how yoga sees a balance between masculine and feminine. And when we say those terms, it has nothing to do with gender identity. It has nothing to do with men and women. It's about these symbolic archetypal Energies that we contain all of them. And there are some that the wisdom traditions describe more as being masculine tendencies and some being more in the feminine. And I do not claim to be an expert in this field at all, but I've been doing a lot of research lately and and a lot of different conversations and podcasts and books have been coming my way about this idea of reclaiming the feminine in our lives and about how because it's just sort of in our um, collective unconscious that we live in a patriarchal society that many of us women have been trained to look down upon feminine principles like rest and receptivity and trust in favor of striving and achieving and doing, because that is what gets affirmation in this kind of world. And for both of us, in our family of origins, that's what got affirmation and acknowledgement and, and love is when there was succeeding happening. So it's, we're wired to just want to continue to succeed. But as women, we all come to this when our striving and achieving and efficiency and productivity becomes out of balance when that's all that we're thinking about. And that is very me. I'm learning a lot of my, about my pitta nature actually in this yoga therapy course. I always thought that it was the airy vata that was keeping my mind very busy. But the more I learn, I understand that it is the pitta mind. Anytime there's a spare moment in my mind or a spare moment in my life or my calendar, I want to fill it with productivity. I want to fill it with efficiency and this is a place where I am intending to come back into balance because I can see how I'm passing that along to my daughter. And I can see where I have these beliefs that if I'm not achieving, if I'm not being productive, then I'm lazy. And how lazy is like this dirty word <laughs> yeah. where, you know, where, and there's a lot of teachers right now and there's a, a, a lot of memes and, and, and there's a lot in our culture right now about resting and slowing down. But I think it's still very hard for us to give ourselves permission for that because we don't see it as being worthy. We see it as being a waste or uh, indulging, you know, the self-care as indulging when in fact it's essential. If it's our true feminine nature, and again, not talking about gender roles, not, not talking necessarily about being women, but we are women.
1: Mm-hmm. And-
0: we are different from men in many different ways and we are fed by connection and we are fed by noticing and receiving pleasure and by allowing ourselves softness and gratitude and and by receiving and by and by receiving support and help and acknowledgement these are all things that help to fill our cup, but it's important to make space for that. So I'm just kind of working this out in my mind. This is something that I've been thinking a lot about, especially about how much value I place on efficiency and productivity. And yes, that gets us places, that, get things do- that gets things done. And at the end of a productive day, we've been trained to feel really good about that day. But the balance for me at this time of year is going to think about in the midst of efficiency, how can I take these small moments to get outside, to appreciate what's now as opposed to what I'm going to accomplish later, more present-centered thinking, to appreciate this, the small little moments of, of beauty, to appreciate the love around me, what I can enjoy around me, to take more time to cultivate contentment because this achieving and being productive, it feels like the opposite of content and acceptance with what is. So I'm thinking about more of that these days.
1: Doing things just for the sheer enjoyment of the activity and not the outcome or the achievement.
0: Yeah, and less control, And I did learn on that retreat that I went on that I spoke about a few podcasts ago that was based on this principle of reigniting receptivity and and reigniting these feminine principles. And I think we all feel this in our body when we succumb to too much control, when when our mind is full of what our kids should be doing, what they should be eating, what we should be eating, what we should be saying, how much we should be working, how much we should be sleeping, how much, you know, all the shoulds. When we're attempting to just control everything around us and often that comes from a place of fear, you know, there's, I can understand why we want to feel like we're in control because we're really in control of so little. So I understand it. But too much of that does bring us into that overwhelm and burnout And then we absolutely fall into exhaustion and and numbing because it's just too far gone. And that's why it's important to embrace something. It doesn't have to be yoga, Ayurveda, meditation, although we would recommend that. But to embrace something that allows you to drop back into the here and now and to be able to take the time to look around and feel what's going right, really soak up what's going right.
1: It is so fleeting. You know, when I look back on raising my daughters and their childhood and the days are long and the years are short and really soaking up the present moment, if I could go back and just soak up every moment, oh my God, what I would give to do that.
0: It may sound morbid, but my family's away right now. Um, My husband and my daughter are away. And- they went away and i walked into my daughter's room and i mean just <laughs> the level of <sighs> and i had just helped her clean it like a couple of days before and i i could feel my mind going into so much frustration and i did my best to meet it with compassion i was i was just the same and this just isn't the way her brain is working right now and i brought it over to my side of the street as well and ultimately what ended up helping me to soften is I did have the thought, well, what if something were to happen? And I would never forgive myself for having so many thoughts be about what she should be doing. So that does help me, actually, to think about nobody is guaranteed a tomorrow. And even though it's scary to think about and maybe morbid to think about, it actually helps me bring everything into perspective and have one of those new thoughts that I was talking about that's much more compassionate and much more loving and coming from a more grateful place.
1: Definitely. Working in the emergency room for all those years, I was I was reminded of that quite frequently, that nobody is promised any time. And the morbid things that I did see were gifts in a sense of being grateful for the time that we have or have had with people. And so I get it. I get what you're talking about.
0: Who knew that we'd have such a conversation just because it's a new season? <laughs> but it's all it's not just about renewal. The other side of the coin of renewal is destruction. And that's what we we're, we're always in that cycle of rebuilding and releasing. So, spring intentions tell me yours more love, more love, more love. Mm, I love that it its maybe sounds a little bit cheesy, but when I think about balance, I just think that time we are to bring a little bit more love into our thinking, into our perspective, into the places that trouble us into our worries into our relationships, that don't you feel that that just immediately bring us back into balance. That's the practice. And I think about something that I read in a book called Food, Women, and God by Janine Roth, and it stuck out to me and I'll think about it forever. And she she was talking about when it comes to this addiction to pleasure that so many of us have. And I think we're going to talk about that on the next podcast a little bit. She was talking about that when she asked this question, but I apply this question to almost everything. And the question is, if love had a voice, what would it say right now? It helps me to take care of myself. It helps me to answer the inner rebel that says, "Ah, oh, you deserve to have this or that, even though I know it won't make me feel great in the morning. It helps me in all of my relationships it helps me if I'm in my head about maybe what somebody is thinking. It helps me if I'm not feeling good enough in any of my roles. If if I say, okay, well, if love had a voice, what would love say? I can always be kinder to myself from that place.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I was teaching a class the other day on this topic, on the topic of spring equinox, on the topic of balance, and also on the topic of the color green because it was just St. Patrick's Day. And I think many of us relate the color bright spring green to spring. And that color um, from a yogic perspective is related to this symbolic energetic heart space, one of the chakras, the heart center, if you will. And that might feel really theoretical to some of our listeners, but in yoga, this symbolic place is where we can think about the qualities of the heart kind of um, energetically residing, and these qualities are in all of us, and they can be cultivated. and mm-hmm. these qualities are kindness and compassion and full acceptance and and receptivity and of course love and not just love for other people, because a lot of times it's it's easier to love other people than it is to ourselves, but to clear enough space there to offer ourselves love too. That's when it came to me when I was teaching that class that the color green is related to the heart. And anytime we move towards the heart and away from the energy of fear, away from the energy of shame, we do just immediately come back into balance. And the answers are usually from that kinder, softer place than the place of pushing ourselves to do better. That's my spring intention, more love in relationships. I think I'm specifically thinking about my relationship with my daughter, reminding myself. I, I, have, a, I have a few practices. I love the loving kindness meditation, spending more time asking myself, what would love say? That's, that's my intention for this season.
1: I think mine is more play. I get lost in the doing and the making and building, like I said, and to intentionally make space for play. Um, unstructured play that doesn't have a goal, just to enjoy myself and let myself off the hook, not be looking for the next achievement all the time. I, I can't promise that that will happen as often as is probably good for me, but that's my intention is to create space for more play.
0: I think intentions are powerful, especially the way that you and I have treated intentions when we haven't just said them and forgotten about them, but we've used them for a little bit of a North Star in the spring. Mm-hmm. And if you allow your mind to continue to go back to that each day, I could definitely imagine, it doesn't have to be an extreme moment of play. You don't have to run outside and do cartwheels or anything. Mm-hmm. No. I I think we could be creative, just like adding a little bit more love or gratitude to the day I think we can be creative about tiny little touchstones through the day that don't take a bunch of time, but they make a big difference.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like what could be a small, playful thing that you could do in the regular work day?
1: So I was thinking about this idea of play and, you know, I work in a, a serious environment. I work in the hospital. I work in the cardiology department. I round with the physician. So we run all over the hospital the physician that I'm with this week is more fun. One part of the hospital has eight stories and we were kind of kidding each other about taking the elevator or taking the stairs or take, you know, and I said, Let's just do it. And so we were running up the stairs, and we were both dying by the time we got to the eighth floor. <laughs> like we were like crawling. My legs burned so bad, and we were so out of breath. But it was playful in the middle of our day, you know, to kind of egg each other on and make fun of each other, and not be so not taking not take ourselves so seriously. And um, well, that
0: reminds me of something that two kids would do just innately. Just they right. would just start racing up the stairs. Let's run.
1: Right. And so then it became a thing. Every time we would go to the next patient, we would run up and down the stairs. And that also reminds me of spring. You know, we're finally out and moving and running. And, um, you know, I feel like we've been released at recess at school. Like we finally get to play outside. And even though it was built into my workday, running up and down the stairs was playful. By the time we got to our destination, we couldn't talk. We were so out of breath and which, you know, for a a doctor and a nurse, we thought probably wasn't the best look because we're supposed to be, you know, promoting health and wellness and we can't catch our breath either, but it was fun. So just creating moments like that of play and I encountered somebody who wasn't in a great mood and was a little snappy and I had this vision of wonder woman she has her wristbands that deflect bullets yeah and so i said i'm like wonder woman deflecting all your negative energy and then i sent her a meme that had that same wonder woman deflecting the <laughs> deflecting <laughs> all the bad vibes so how did she take that Playful. yeah she good. laughed good, yeah. good 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 good
0: Oh, I love to hear this. Your intentions are already already coming true.
1: Yeah, silly.
0: To close, do we have any other spring tips from a yoga and Ayurvedic perspective that we could pass along before we go?
1: I think, you know, as we transition from winter to spring in this idea of shedding and growth and creating new life and moving from one season to the next, for me, especially movement is very powerful. Um, So any movement like getting out and moving my body, walking, doing more vigorous yoga instead of now moving away from the restorative yoga and more into a a heat building yoga is very beneficial to me. Not to say like a hot yoga, but just something that moves the body a little more, um, creates a little more heat in the body. This idea of tapas, you know, bringing heat Um, to purify is a really good touchstone for me at this time of year as the weather changes, you know, also noticing that I need more of that heat as well. Another thing for me is, is spending time outside. I know for myself and I don't know if others can relate, but you know, we live in a, a world where you maybe don't spend a lot of time outside. You know, we go from our house to our car to our, Place of work or to school and back to the car and back home. I know your city is very pedestrian friendly and I know you ride your bike a lot, but where I live, people don't spend a, as much time outside, I think, as they could. Um, so for me, spending as much time as I can outside really helps also to build that heat and connect with the sun and watch what's happening outside with nature. I I know where I live, we definitely don't spend enough time outside.
0: Yeah, it makes such a difference. What comes to mind about this city is when the sun is out, it's like everybody is out. And we have very bright, sunny springs and summers. So you're right. It It is a city that is created for people to be outside. There's so many bike paths. It's a great city to get around. That would be number one for me too. At this time of year, it is a joy to be outside and notice and look around at everything that is renewing and think about what's renewing in you.
1: Connecting to nature gives us so many clues.
0: That's so true. That's the beautiful part of Ayurveda, how it helps to connect you to nature. And what about, speaking of Ayurveda, what about food? Does food change at all when we shift into spring?
1: Yeah. So the same things, maybe lightening up What you're eating. And, you know, the foods don't have to be as heavy now. We can counteract that feeling of heaviness or dampness with foods that are a little bit drier or lighter, such as like salads, you know, bringing back salads into your diet, where salads may have not felt really nourishing in the fall or the winter. Okay, well, enjoy your weather. Yes. And the sun.
0: And how light it is in the evening. We're closing this recording at 5 p.m. where we are. And there's still so much sunshine to be had and a beautiful sunset to experience. So I'm going to head out with our puppy and enjoy it now.
1: All right. Well, you enjoy.
0: You too. Love you.
1: Love you. See you later.
0: Thank you for listening to the Radiant Warrior podcast. If you found it valuable, please leave us a positive review to help others find it.
1: And please check out the Radiant Warrior podcast on Instagram and Facebook to leave us your questions and find out where you can come and practice with us next.